Welcome, friends, to Proactive. This is the podcast where we dive deep into the realms of productivity. This is not just a podcast about being more productive in business or more achievement. Our hosts, Dr. Tina, Richie, and Arthur, and our guests each week are here to provide you with personalized tips, strategies, and insights so you can supercharge your best life. Proactive is about being productive mentally and physically, emotionally and spiritually. So if you are ready to produce your best life and you're ready to balance being with doing, hit the subscribe button and get proactive. And now let's welcome today's guest. Today we have with us Glenn Andrews. He is the founder and owner of All Star Leadership, which is all about inspiring leaders to be the best leader that they can be. Glenn is a former C-suite executive with 40 years of business, of accomplishment and awards. And now his mission and purpose is to work with young professional leaders to help them recognize and treat the gap between their leadership skills that they have and where they want to be. He helps them enhance team performance, productivity, he improves employee engagement and retention, and he ensures they have the skills for organizational growth and innovation. Again, he is dedicated to leadership development, leadership communication, personal self-leadership, as well as resilience in the workplace. So take it away, Arthur, and your interview with Glenn. Glenn, great to see you. How are you, my friend? Awesome, Arthur. Yourself? Great. It's been a while since we were hanging out in San Diego, and I'll tell you, out here in the East Coast, where you are too, uh, and Richie also. Richie lives around the corner from me. So I thank you for coming on and chatting with us. Uh, you got there's so much rich content. You want to start with All Star Leadership, where you want to sure. tell us your pathway and this amazing Model of Excellence Award you had won at McDonnell Douglas Air Aerospace, which is now part of Boeing, right? That's correct. That's correct. Okay, good. Love the smile. Tell us what's up. Oh gosh, you know it's 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 fascinating. You know, it's, I, I've been on this journey uh, for for my my whole life. You know, and and one of the things that I always love to do is to be able to give back. And I remember when I was in my twenties and thirties as a young professional. Uh, I, I was uh, an engineering professional. I ended up uh, managing a number of major projects for aerospace, for the FAA. And one of the things that was common is that we brought in teams from industry, from government, uh, from, uh, from across the board, from across the country. And I was ending up in these leadership roles and I, I loved it. I loved it. But the thing is, you, you, you know, Arthur, how it is sometimes you, you go in and it's like, okay, how do you, you know, you, you got to figure something out. And sometimes if you feel like you're in the dark, you know, and then you end up going bump in the dark until, oh, okay, that's what I could do. And it was sort of like, okay, learning leadership, you know, through, you know, just through trial and error, you know, didn't really have many people to be able to mentor me. And I said, you know, I reflected back on my life and I thought, gosh, you know, I wish I knew then back when I, you know, in my twenties and thirties, what I know now. 
And I go, wow, okay. So that's what that's what kind of birthed all-star leadership. So one of the things we do is we help uh, emerging leaders, typically those in the 20s and 30s, uh, who have some uh, uh, leadership skills, all right? They've learned them, they've developed them. And what they do want to do is that they want to take the, the, le- the skills where they're at and bring it up to where they'd like to be. And what I do is I kind of help fill that gap for them. So that's, that's what all-star leadership is all about. And it's, uh, we've got uh, uh, one-on-one coaching. We've got group coaching that goes on. We also end up having a, a program that's specifically a, a, a task-based uh, system to be able to take people through uh, understanding a little more about th- what they need to be able to do to be able to go forward to up-level those skills. So it's, the whole philosophy is that you learn by doing. Now, I was recently trying to teach someone some common sense. Now, that's not exactly leadership. They just were nowhere. <laughs> So how do you teach someone leadership and what's the essential uh, characteristics of a good leader? Well, you know, for me, I think the thing is, is that before you can lead and influence others, you have to be able to lead and motivate yourself. And I call that Mm. self-leadership. You know, there's, you know, it's, it's a term that's been out there for a while, but a lot of people don't know about it. Self-leadership. How do you go about doing it? You know? And it's, you know, that's where experience kind of comes in. So leadership takes on many roles. But for me, uh, the sign of a good leader is someone who's willing to step up, someone who's willing to go ahead and be coached, someone who's coachable, all right? Someone who's going to go ahead and they may not have all of the answers, but they're willing to take action. Uh, If I can remember, there's a quote from uh, Robin Sharma, who's a world-class motivator. And he says that action not taken is greatness delayed. Ah. And that's all about understanding, you know, you got to be able to step uh, forward. And I kind of look at it, I call them windows of opportunity. You know how it is when you have an opportunity coming along, you kind of see it with your peripheral vision and it gets in front of you, it opens up and then you get, you say, okay, here's an opportunity. And a lot of times there's many of us who start thinking, well, okay, should I step through it? Should I not? And then, you know, you're going through all of that analysis paralysis. And before you know it, that opportunity is already gone. But that's okay, because there's another opportunity that's going to come along. And for me, when an opportunity comes up, it's like you check inwardly. Does this feel right? All right. And if it does, I step through. I take action. I move forward into it. Because I know that I'll be able to figure it out. I'll know that the universe is going to provide me with the tools and with the people that will provide that support. And all I have to do is to be able to take action, to take go step forward. You know, there, there's a saying, uh, frequently and fail fast, all right? That's all about taking action. But the thing is, is it's not just taking regular action. It's like, if you're going to fall, fall forward in the direction that you're going, because you can always get up and you're always headed in that direction there. So when you see leaders, especially young leaders, Glenn, 
What is the biggest gap? And, and I guess, how do you, I guess the second question, which you can answer first if you like, or you could change the question altogether, is what leadership skills, what is the most important leadership skills a leader or an aspiring leader should look to develop? Active listening. Active listening. Because, and, and that takes on many, many, uh, it takes on many forms. It can be listening to the other person actively all right another is listening to yourself your intuition listen to your gut all right and a good leader always listens to the people that are uh following them under them that they're influencing and that's what people want they want to be able to be heard and if they don't know that you're being heard, they're not going to be as motivated to go ahead and follow you and, 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 and do what you need to do. So they got to know that you're being heard. And the only way you can do that is to actively listen, not lecture, but listen and ask questions, powerful questions that are very inquiring. I think that's great. Now, Hopefully, we're at the end of COVID, although I'm not so sure since I got COVID in uh, around Christmas time, but uh, it, thankfully it was mild. What about this remote working? Are you, is that, how is that impacting leadership and the dynamic between leaders and uh, their, their direct reports or other people in their ecosystem? I think it offers many new opportunities. Because so often, you know, when you're leading a group of people and it's all in person, you know, of course, that's the preferred way. But we've got uh, a changing, we've got changing times. So when we begin to take a look at, okay, what's happening? The new dynamic, people working more remotely. We're having a lot more Zooms, a lot more video conferencing going on. And some people think, oh, you can't really build strong relationships. And I say, no, I don't really agree. I think that you can develop a great relationship with anyone online and to be able to have that, that communication going on, all right? And it's just another skill set that we need to be able to learn. Some people are very scared or afraid of being on camera or they don't think, oh, I, I don't feel comfortable on camera. Well, there's one simple way to take care of that. And that's get on camera to be <laughs> able to get out there and do it. You know, you learn by doing. We're our harshest uh, critic. And what happens is that when we do that, we kind of shut down, we kind of shrink and we tend to lose a little bit of confidence. But the only way you begin to do that is to be able to get on and start working remotely. I mean, working on, on camera and video. So I, f I feel very comfortable being on video. But boy, I tell you that first video that I did for myself, I put it on there. Oh, I was shaking in my shoes. And I was like, <laughs> oh, God, I could feel my knees knocking. I go, oh, what's going on? Well, you know, that's that's kind of gone away. And I think a lot of us don't are not there anymore, but there's a few people that may be, and that's okay, all right? But the whole idea is, you know, when you're working remotely, it gives you wonderful opportunities because all of a sudden you're cutting down your commute time. You're able to spend more time with your family, with your loved ones. You're able to spend more time being productive 
and you know it's like you you go into the office and you know if you're putting in an eight ten hour day you probably have maybe uh, six hours of actual productive time and maybe less than that because there's all sorts of distractions going on but the thing is is that when you're able to work from home or from a, a remote office it's like you're able to go ahead and be much more productive because your time tends to be a little more focused, I feel. So I say that um, Bandler in the 70s, when we came through with the NLP, that was about changing people's mindsets. And I know a lot mm-hmm. of leaders, um, you know, the higher up leaders, uh, such as presidents, um, they've used NLP techniques to try and bring themselves out by, you know, the touching of the fingers and stacking and, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that the kind of techniques that you're using? For, for the listeners, NLP is neuro-linguistic programming. And it was a concept that um, I believe it was Bandler, who was a psychologist in the 70s. Um, there was a pair of them who got together and they created a multiple ways of changing people's mindsets. What we now class as um, the cognitive behavioral therapy. It was the early days of that moving forward into the EMDR, which is a different type of therapy. It's the eye movement therapy. It's a streamline from that, um, but it's a technique that you can use in coaching to be able to give people confidence, to be able to, as an example, you would uh, imagine putting a ring on the floor. And when you step into that ring, you become the most confident person in the world and you can do anything you want to do. And then when you step out of it, you pick up the ring off the floor and you pop it in your pocket and you walk around with this ring and whenever you need a moment that you have to be confident, this ring mm-hmm. comes out of your pocket, you throw it on the ground, it's as large as you want it to be. And and that that's who you step into, you you step up to be a person that you want to be. Um, and then you just live the rest of your life being whoever it is that you are on, on a daily basis. So I've done that kind of coaching before, but what kind of techniques are you employing at the moment with your the all-star leadership? for the coaching styles well uh a number of years ago i went through a formal coaching uh, program a couple of decades ago it was the coaches training institute and it was one of the programs that was uh uh, uh approved by the international coaching federation icf it was one of the first ones in fact uh the founder of uh, CTI, the Coaches Training Institute, was one of the founders of the International Coach Federation. But uh, uh, that methodology that I use is called coactive, coactive coaching. And what it is, it's all about designing an alliance with, with my uh, client. And what we do is we come to an agreement of how do you want to be coached? Do you want to be firm? Do you want to be strong? Do you want me to crack the whip or do you want to be soft and mushy and soft how do you want to be coached what works best for you because we're all kind of different all right so that's the model the coactive coaching model that i've been using for for decades right now however i've got a new methodology that uh, it's a personality assessment that i've been using called bank b-a-n-k and it's all about uh, it's a it's an assessment that's not psychology based, but it's rather based upon buying behavior, you know, how people buy, make buying decisions, how you get people to buy into you. All right. So that's the methodology that I work with, the bank code uh, methodology. And it's a real simple test. At the end of the uh, podcast, I'll offer 
the opportunity for all of your listeners to be able to go ahead and find out what their bank code is and to be able to get a, a full 22-page report that's all about them. Wow, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So let's, you, you touched on the, the P word, Glenn, productivity. So tell productivity. us how you're productive, how others, how you, you explain to your coaching clients, you know, aspiring leaders, how they can be productive or more productive. Well, I think, you know, th th there's a lot of components uh, to uh, productivity. But the first one that I think is most is, is, you know, is being intentional being intentional on those activities. Um, and for me, it's like, I look at, uh, uh, for me, I, I look at uh, activities that are going to be revenue producing. All right. That's going to be the metric. So uh, an activity like working on a website, working on something, that's not really, uh, that will eventually generate revenue, but that's not an active one. But I'm, I'm talking about things that are like uh, uh, networking with, a, you know, getting into networking groups. I look at that as an income producing activity that will increase your productivity. Speaking, getting in front of groups of people to be able to speak, whether it's online or in person. Uh, having one on one calls with people being very short. Uh, and lastly, serving your existing clients understanding that, hey, that those are going to be all revenue producing activities. So when I look at an activity, what I'll start doing is I'll look at, hey, which of these, you know, revenue uh, producing categories does it fall under? And if it doesn't fall under one, that's okay. But being able to manage your time, and I love doing time blocking, I've got my whole calendar blocked out as far as activities that I'm going to be doing. And then I keep open space to be able to work on other projects. Uh, another thing that I work with is uh, I have a, uh, a planner that I work with. I happen to use the high performance planner by uh, Brendan uh, Bouchard. And one of the things I find, you know, he's, he's had a book out called uh, High Performance Habits. And he talks about six different habits, you know, seeking clarity, generating energy, raising necessity, increasing productivity, uh, developing influence, and lastly, demonstrate courage. And being able to rate uh, your day uh, as far as how that went when you're looking back in retrospect. But being able to go forward, uh, you know, you figure out how you're going to have your day plan. And he's got a few great suggestions in it. And it's a it's a relatively inexpensive planner that you, you can find. So that's one of the things that I use for helping me keep my, uh, be, be productive. Two things that having a planner to be able to do it. And second, being able to time block my calendar out. Love it. What, what I took away was the old story about there's only 168 hours in the week, mm -hmm. right? So you got sleeping, hygiene, eating, if you go to work or, you know, putting aside remote working. So there's only so many hours to be productive, right? So are you saying, Glenn, that then you have to be focused like you are, or maybe someone's not into the revenue channel, but some other channel and, and goal, 
are you saying that you have to be vigilant with your time and really manage it? So if something comes along that's not going to help you get to where you want to go, are you saying you have to kill that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a decision that, you know, we all, based upon our own individual businesses, there's a certain set of filters that I feel we all need to go through. And it's going to be different for each of us. So if, if you're in a business and if the business is not revenue producing, then you have an organization. <laughs> all right. Or you have a failure. <laughs> well, no, no, no. But let's say you have a nonprofit, for instance. Ah. All right. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's a, that's an excellent one. There, where you're you're not revenue producing. In fact, you know that you're revenue focused. All right, you know, and you have to do that in order to keep your nonprofit status with the IRS. So you know it's going to be different. So I I feel that uh, one of the things I help my clients do is go through is what's the set of filters that you're going to be needing to be able to help you accomplish your goals, to help you. Uh, with your mission in life, with help with the vision that you have for what your life can be like if you have a successful business or organization that, that is going to be paying you a, a, a stipend, a salary, or, or whatever. I had another question, which based on something you said, Glenn, which was sure. awesome. Tell us about filters. So how do you, how does someone pick a filter? What is a filter? Right. I mean, I got one in my kitchen sink, but that I don't know if that helps or not. Right. Well, let's just let's just use the whole idea of a, of a, a strainer. All right. Yeah. And you have lots of stuff that's kind of coming your way. You got lots of uh, uh, useful information coming at you. You got lots of stuff that's not so useful. And then you have distractions that are I call time stealers that are coming your way. And I feel that you know, with, with our brain, you know, we can only handle so many things. All right. Less than a handful. All right. You know, task at one time. And if you really want to do it one task at, at a time. So what you do is that when you have information come your way, you got to be able to have a way that's going to filter it. So I feel that if you have clarity on what your mission is, what your, uh, mission, your both your personal and your business mission is. I feel that if you have clarity also on your vision for your business and for the life that you want to have, that that business is going to enable you to do. Right? If you have clarity on that, then it's pretty easy to decide. You know, different filters. You know, so let's say for instance. I just use the example of income producing activities. All right. For me, that's the filter that works very well for me. All right. Uh, another filter that I use is being able to give back, being able to give back to the community. All right. Because we all have a community, whether we're aware of it or not. All right. So taking a look more of a bigger picture is that is, is your mission to be able to give back to life, all right, based upon your experiences, which can be very, very fulfilling. And I see Richie nodding his head, you know, as a fellow coach, you know. You Absolutely, know. yeah, yeah. It's, it's huge, all right? So that's a type of filter. However, if you're uh, maybe an action type of person there that wants to get to the bottom line and it's like, okay, 
All right. I, I want to have fun. I want to make lots of money. I love driving fast cars. I love nice things. Being able to give back may not be a high priority, but that's okay because we're all wired differently. And that's where this bank code methodology that I've been working with for about three and a half years, I'm a, a licensed and certified uh, uh, trainer in methodology. And one of the things I love about it is it helps me understand who I'm talking to. When I look at, if, if I can kind of diverge for a little bit, I'll talk, I want to talk a little bit about communication. Okay. And for me, there's three aspects, three elements to any good communication. Okay. First is understanding how we like to be communicated with. Each of us has a different set of core values, all right? Thing, you know, values that we hold near and dear to us, all right? And if we have some, uh, uh, an activity that comes up that's aligned with those core values, we're going to take action most likely on it. But if there's uh, something that comes up that's not in alignment with that core value, we're going to stall. We're going to eh, put it on the back. Yeah, not now, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it when I'm ready. So I think understanding what our core values are is, is, is the first step in, in good communication. We want to know how we like to be communicated. Number two, the second type element, I feel, is understanding how our prospect, our client, our customer likes to be communicated with, okay? Because... Their set of core values probably is going to be different from ours, so they're going to be want to be communicated in a probably a different way. So I think us being a good uh, uh, good leaders, we need to be able to understand how uh, how the other person wants to be communicated with, and uh, sometimes you can understand how, you know their languaging that they use. Sometimes you understand a little bit more about how they dress, you know, how they like to live. Those kind of give you a little bit clues on it. All right. So, but not everyone really is kind of tuned into that, but that's okay. So understanding how the other person likes to be communicated, maybe using a methodology like bank code is a great method for being able to do that. And then the third thing, and I think this is the most challenging part, Arthur, is that shifting and realigning our communication style from our preferred way to how our client, our prospect, our customer likes to be communicated with. And if we get to be able to communicate, if we get to communicate with them the way they like to be communicated with, all of a sudden, this person, other person will say, they get me, they understand me. And it's like, all of a sudden, things open up and they tend to be more more receptive to to your opportunity to what you're sharing to what are your uh, services or products that you're selling all right because we're all doing sales regardless so it's understanding number one how we like to be communicated with number two understanding how our prospect client customer likes to be communicated and number three is shifting and realigning our communication style from our preferred way to how the person in front of us wants to be communicated with. Love it. 
Now, in your uh, your uh, you, your little title says Glenn Andrew NAKB. So, what is that? What's well, the that's NAKB my bank code? <laughs> Great. So let's dive into that for a moment. Okay. What what is B A N K? All right, bank is an acronym that stands for the four bank code personalities. The first one is B stands for blueprint. Blueprint stands for people who want to be able to have structure. They want to have processes laid out. They like systems. <laughs> There's an acronym for systems, and it's called save yourself time, energy, money, and stress. All right. So they like to be able to get every systems yeah, in place. They have other values like planning, uh, having uh, processes. They like predictability. They are the types of people who say, hey, if you get an appointment with them and you show up 15 minutes early, you're on time. <laughs> but if you show up five, two minutes before the appointment, you're considered late. And all of a sudden, you've turned them off. You've told them that, hey, uh, hey, you, you don't have the same values that, that they have. So that's the blueprint. That's the B. The second a one is A, and that stands for action. These types of, this types of personality, they value things like freedom, flexibility, spontaneity, action, opportunity, you know, excitement, you know. They're the ones who really get the adrenaline rush. And these are the people who kind of think outside of the box. Whereas the blueprint are more like the people who like to be inside the box. Two completely different personalities, all right? And I, I'm sure you can kind of think of people in your life that go into one or, one, or, one or two of those there. So the action, they're, hey, if they show up 10 minutes late, that's okay because, hey, I'm here. <laughs> Let's get started. Let's get to the bottom line. Give me the bullet points. Don't give me, bore me with details, all right? That's the action type. Then the third type are, is N, B-A-N. And that N stands for nurturing. These are the people who value community. They value connection. Right? These are the people who uh, are really into personal growth. Teamwork all right, is, is huge for them. They tend to be mission-driven. So if you have, if you're coming across a nurturing person there and you have a mission statement, share it with them they're going to oh okay I, I i i see where you're going i get it because they value that and these are the types of people using the box analogy these are the people who recycle the box okay some of them they oh they got hearts of gold you know and uh they're you know they like to be able to uh, hug whereas the blueprint if you meet them you want to do a traditional handshake. Or if you're over in some Asian countries, you do a bow, very formal bow, all right? That's the blueprint. The action, hey, let's high five. Okay, that's the thing. The uh, uh, nurturing, ah, hey, let's, hey, let me give you a hug, you know? It looked like you could ease it. That's the type. So, uh, and then the last one is K. And that stands for knowledge. And these are the people who are the idea people. You know, they don't, they're not inside the box. They're not outside the box. They don't recycle the box. 
They're the ones who create the box. These are the innovators, all right? And they value things like learning, uh, uh, intelligence, logic, you know, research and development, science, universal truths, all right? These are the things that they value. And when you come to meet them, they're not a touchy-feely type at all. It's like, oh, don't touch me. You know, you hold your hand out, they'll put their hand back. However, if you hold out a business card, they'll accept it. Or, you know, so it's like, you know, they're, the, they're, they're completely different from the nurturing. They're not touchy-feely like the nurturing. So those are the four bank codes, just in a snippet. I kind of went over on it in a little depth. But to answer your question, my code is N-A-K-B. So I'm nurturing primary. It's high nurturing, uh, which is you'll find great coaches who tend to be have that nurturing. You know, it's high. So and the second one for me is action. So nurturing and action are the two modes I like to show up in life. Yeah, in my daily activities. All right. My third code represents what my stress code is. So if I get into stress, I'm going to be asking a lot of questions. I'm going to want to do my own research before I make a decision if I'm stressed. But if I'm not stressed, then the nurturing and action kind of take over. And then the last one for me is blueprint. And for me, it's not I'm low on it, it's least important. So each of these codes are from what's most important to you to least important. Does that help? That is terrific. So now if I recall, Glenn, your uh, formal you know, secondary education is engineering, right? So tell us about that. One would think that that's systems and yet you're a nurturing guy and I know you, so I could uh, be in the CPA in me, I could attest to that. Uh, but tell us about that. Well, you know, engineering, you know, is very, you know, it has structure to it. It's all about science, about getting the details right. And, you know, and the blueprint and the knowledge tend to like the details. All right. That's least important for me right now. It doesn't mean that I'm not good at it. Because, you know, having worked in, you know, being an engineer, I, I excelled at what I was doing. I would not have been invited to be uh, project leaders in some of these major groups if I did not have that knowledge uh, dialed in. But I like to be able to show up a little differently with, with other people. And as the years have gone on, I've gotten a little less nerdy and I've gotten a little more higher emotional intelligence and that's where that nurturing kind of comes in may i suggest or an awareness that your your blueprints also go right with your soul alignment so you used perhaps your blueprint to be at work but your soul moved to nurturing so as you've gotten older right there are a lot of different personality types that also correlate to the same thing as very similar as your bank codes, right? Mm -hmm. The erotic blueprints are very similar and it's about what brings your nervous system pleasure. And so you're aligning into your pleasure mode. This is the core inner you that is coming forward. We all have all of them, but what is primary, what's core, what makes you shine are your codes and they're beautiful. Yeah. And and that's what I was getting at when I was talking about communication, understanding how we like to be communicated with. 
So, you know, you can take a look at a person's uh, resume and say, oh, okay, they're probably very high knowledge and all. Being in engineering, you know, I have two degrees, you know, in engineering. And it's like, you probably think that, but it's just like how I like to show up in life. Like you said, Tina, I like what you said, soul, you know, cause that gets into the spiritual aspect. And for me, you know, that I, I, you know, that's, that's very much to my, my core of my essence. So I, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll share right now what my, let me share with you what my personal mission is in life. And this is something that I crafted, oh, about two decades ago when I went through the CTI training. And one of the things that we did in that was an exercise called a life purpose statement. And that was a statement that we could utilize that uh, would keep us, help us be able to filter things, our experiences through life. And to understand with our the actions that we took, if they were in alignment with our life purpose. Now, for me, they had a little more of a spiritual tone. And the structure was having a, a metaphor and then the desired impact that that metaphor has. And for me, my, uh, my life purpose statement was this. I am a beacon of light and sound that helps souls recognize that they truly are a star of the divine. And what that means for me is that, you know, from that, you probably say, oh, okay, there, there's a spiritual tone to it. All right, which is good. I think we're all developing, you know, some degree of spirituality in our lives. Okay. And that's where, you know, I find that good leaders, you know, people who have strong leadership skills, have a spiritual component in their life. It may not be primary, and that's okay but they have a, a there, there's something about them uh, that has a spiritual tone. And I think the thing is, is that getting clarity and understanding that really kind of helps us to be able to make decisions going forward. Wow, that's great. That's great. So we're running on a little time here, but I have, I have when I ask two other questions, Glenn, uh, tell us about this phenomenal award you won for excellence at McDonnell Douglas, and for those who are uh, perhaps a bit younger, uh, McDonnell Douglas is a subsidiary or a unit of Boeing uh, who makes aircraft and, and uh, defense uh, stuff. So go ahead, Glenn, tell us what that award was. Well, that, that award is a top quality award that McDonnell Douglas normally gives to its employees for a job well done. The project that we had worked on uh, was a uh, a ultrasonic inspection, a non-destructive test that we had developed uh, in association uh, with a university, uh, with national labs, with a major airline, with a aircraft manufacturer, which was McDonnell Douglas, and it was on DC-9s when they were still in service. And the it was some it was a project that was sponsored for by uh, 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 the FAA. And what we had done is that we had demonstrated a, a technology that had been developed in the university. We implemented it into the field. We did it on a number of aircraft. They went through, they took the sections of the aircraft apart because we did those when they were in depot maintenance. So they were able to do, 
And they found out that there was one excellent correlation between what we detected non-destructively without non-invasively and what they were able to look at by visually going in and taking a look. So it was a way to be able to up-level uh, quality, quality control, while keeping costs down. Inspection costs can be very high if you have to take the aircraft apart to look at, at a particular area. And there's all sorts of certifications that need processes that need to be in place. So anyway, McDonnell Douglas had uh, invited our team to be able, you know, uh, since we helped them as a supplier, shall we say, and help them uh, be able to have uh, time savings for the customers, the airlines, to be able to uh, shorten that inspection cycle and to be able to up-level the, uh, the quality uh, control. And so we were awarded uh, that, and uh, they invited us and our, our spouses to be able to come out to St. Louis at their headquarters at the Ritz-Carlton. They put us up, they fed us well, and uh, we all got awards for it and got congratulations from the, uh, the president uh, of the company himself. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. So let's, let's just go back to bank for a second. You generously offered to, uh, give, uh, the, our audience, our listeners, a detailed personality assessment, which I'm trying to find my personality. So no doubt that would be very helpful to me. So <laughs> tell us what you're so, so generously giving to us. Okay. All right. What, what this is, all it's, it's real simple. Go to get my code dot co g-e-t-m-y-c-o-d-e dot c-o and, and, and we'll put that in the show notes so yeah, no, put, no worries go ahead yeah get my code dot co and what you'll do is you'll come up to a landing page and you'll actually see uh, uh four different cards that have different values there's 12 values on those cards all right and what you do is that you take a look at all of the values on each of the cards. And what you do is you drag the one that is most important to you. You put that into position number one. Then you take the next set with the remaining and you drag it down to position two. And then the third set down to position three. And somehow it knows that where number four goes. And if you want to change a position, you can, you just drag it from one area to the other. And then you put in some contact information and uh, you'll be given, once you do that and you submit it, you'll be given a link to a uh, 22, I think it's a 22 page report. That's all about you, about what your primary codes are, what your stress codes are. And, uh, and it talks all about you, how you like to be communicated, how you make buying decisions and I think that, you know, that's the very first step in communication that we had just talked about. So getting your bank code, you know, getmycode.co is probably the first step to understanding how you like to be communicated with and how you make buying decisions. That's awesome. Well, that's great. Well, Glenn, thank you so much. What a great way to spend the evening and uh, get some thoughts and insights on productivity and wellness and alignment with your purpose. So I want to thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and experience and giving us a, a brighter roadmap ahead. 
Thank you very much, uh, Arthur. Appreciate your time. You too, Richie. You too, Tina. Thank you. Cheers. Appreciate your input. And thank you so much for having me. Once again, Proactivators, it is all the time we have for today. I know we could go on forever, but it's time to end. I'd like to thank our guest, Glenn, for all his amazing insights, his free gifts, and all the know-how that we took away. Please support Glenn. Check out his links in the show notes below, web, social media, and more. Remember, he's available as a consultant. And our podcast drops every Monday at 9 a.m. Please subscribe. Please share with friends. And until next time, remember, time is our most valuable resource. So go get proactive. Be productive with your life. Ensure you produce your very best life.